Hi, and welcome to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. My name is Manoj Krishna. I'm the founder of Human Wisdom. And today we're going to be talking about something that's so close to every human being, which is our own mortality. It's a certainty in all our lives, but it creates a sense of anxiety. And today we're going to unpack the whole business of dying and come to a point, we hope, where we can realize accepting the fact of our own death can lead to a much richer life. My guest today is Martha Van Dam, who's going to explore this with me. And she's a therapist and counselor in from Florida in the United States. So Martha, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and so glad to meet all of you. <clears throat> so um, Martha, maybe we should begin with your story and um, your own interest in the subject and how it began. Well, all right. All right. Um, so, so uh, in 2016, I was diagnosed with a um, with a rare and aggressive cancer, and at that point in time, was told that um, that the average lifespan was 24 months after that particular diagnosis. So clearly, when you start thinking there may only be a couple of years, death, you kind of start looking at death straight in the face. It's it, it's right there for you to think about. And at the same time that that was happening, I had a friend die, another friend's daughter died. There were several things going on around death. So I was really scared and sad that I thought I might be facing my own. And then I felt like I was surrounded with death from other people as well. So there just was a lot of death. And, and to begin with, and I think this is the question you're asking, to begin with, it was just overwhelming and scary and sad and lots of weeping, lots of anguish, and um, mostly for me, pa uh, based around the idea that I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave life, and um, and lots of fear that that was going to happen. So that's that was the beginning piece. Now, is that the piece you're after? Yes. Not sure. Okay. Well, maybe we'll pause there. We'll come back to the rest of your story as we travel, right? Okay. Uh, in terms of how you moved on from all that. So what do you think are the common fears that most humans have of dying? What are the, What comes up? Sure. Well, and I mentioned the first thing for me was I just don't want to leave. Mm. I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want my children then just to, they just go on. And as it, it felt like it would have not mattered that I was here. And I really hated the idea of my husband going on, maybe another woman coming into my home and but me being what felt like replaced. Now I'm saying these things with later I have understanding. There is no replacement. Life does go on. So I learned, but at the beginning, that's what all the fears were. Yes. And, and I guess for most of us, we don't even want to think about it because it's a primal fear yeah. you know, of right. our own death. I remember, I think I've shared with you many years ago, I refused to take out life insurance because that would mean acknowledging that I'm yes. going to die one day. <laughs> exactly. Even that exactly. acknowledgement was something I was resistant to because, and I guess a lot of people are like that. We just don't think about it, but it operates in the background, shaping our lives and so on. So I guess it's about worrying about the people we'll leave behind being forgotten, as you said. Maybe the process of dying too is scarce. Mm -hmm. You know, is mm -hmm. it going to be painful? Mm -hmm. um, and not knowing what lies beyond. Mm -hmm. We so love to be certain about everything in our life that the idea of not knowing something mm -hmm. scares us, doesn't it, really? Very unsettling. Very, very unsettling. And at one point in time, I did ask myself the question, and I think it leans into what you mentioned a moment ago. You used the word unpack. Yes. And we don't want to unpack. We don't want to lean in. We want to pull away. Mm -hmm. 
yes. because it's uncomfortable to think about. Yes. And But as we lean in and we do unpack, then we start asking those questions. What am I afraid of? And that actually was one of the things that happened in my process. I asked myself out loud, hmm. what am I afraid of? And as I went into that, I started thinking, well, I'm literally not afraid of dying. I know there are enough medicines to keep me out of pain. I, I, you know, I understand the death process doesn't have to be horrible in most cases. So I know that I'm not afraid of dying. And then I would say, well, and I'm not afraid of the treatment and I'm not afraid of just it, all the things that I kept coming up with. And as I asked myself those questions, the fears kind of began to fall away because I realized Again, I'm not afraid of the process. There's medicine. I'm not afraid of of um, just all the pieces that kept coming to my mind. Yeah. The big one did stay in my head of um, of what happens to the people that I leave. That one was harder to shake. Yes. But so what you're saying is something that is an insight, I think, for most people and for me too, which is our mind runs away from our fear. Mm -hmm. But if we turn around and actually walk into it, that fear, face mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. explore it, then it melts away. Mm -hmm. It you does. See? But it's counterintuitive because the mind is saying, run, yes. run mm -hmm. away. You know. um, I guess the uh, one more fear most people have is not completing their so-called bucket list, you know, yes. traveling the world and uh, going on this cruise. And I mean, all, all that in a way mm -hmm. kind of falls away. Um, okay, so how does this fear of death, you think, impact us human beings? How does it shape our lives? Oddly enough, I think it keeps us from living fully. Isn't that interesting? Yes, yes. Because it distorts life, doesn't it, really? It does. It distorts life, it distorts, life. It distorts our beliefs. It, it distorts how we see what's unfolding around us. Yes. And if we're fearful, then we hold back anyway. Yes. That's just a natural response to fear. We ooh, hold back. We don't want to push into that thing that um, that we're so fearful of. I like that expression, push into. Mm -hmm. You know, like have a fear, you push into that fear into and it. sort of um, get mm -hmm. past it. As you say, it steals our peace and joy. And also, I guess it makes you wonder about your legacy. How will I be judged? And what will people think about me when I'm gone? As if it matters, you know. <laughs> you know. exactly as exactly and maybe even a piece of it is as they're going through all of my things what are they going to find out about me what are what are people going to, going to find out that maybe i didn't want them to know yes so the ego okay. wants continuity and it can't bear the thought that it's going to end right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and of course we try to block it work frantically <clears throat> to leave a legacy and um it steals our sort of peace and joy the other thing it does is it makes us continue doing things that don't really bring value and joy to our life. Sure. You know, like we'll continue working at a job we hate for 30, 40, 50 years. That's true. You know, spending the most of our working life, just our best lives working, you know. As though we must, as though we have, as though it's going to go on forever. And this is what we must do. Yes. As if accumulating money is the purpose of life. Yeah. <laughs> accumulating money, accumulating um, possessions, fame, you know, it's all accumulation in the end, you know, I have to keep mm -hmm. climbing that ladder. Um, mm -hmm. And not realizing that our life is limited, time is limited, mm -hmm. makes mm -hmm. us 
pretend as if we're going to live forever and you know do all these things right why do you think we're afraid of other people in our lives dying Martha? because that's the other fear right of course because because we love those people we're so attached to those people and i think there's a little at least with me at least with me there was a little belief that came rooted out that somehow I was always supposed to be around those people as though they're supposed to either me be there for them or them be here for me. It's that idea of kind of being afraid of change and afraid of things shifting. We want them to stay. If they stay the same, we feel in control. We feel safe. Yes. But things shift. And, and we must be honest, there are certain people in our lives that if they die, our lives are impacted in very big ways. You know, a, a partner and maybe there's a financial um, a financial yeah. piece of that. Yeah. Where will I live? Where will I go? Well, yeah. How badly will my life change? Occasionally, I'll see someone who's much older than me, and they're waiting tables in a restaurant or something, and that's a fine job. But I think, oh, that would be so hard to be doing that all the way through life. If I didn't have a partner, would I be able to manage financially? Yes. So our fear of other people dying is really based on the impact it's going to have on us emotionally and financially. In the end, it's all about me. I will be sad. I will miss them. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about them. They'll be gone. Mm -hmm. But it's about us and the impact it's going to have on us. Okay. So what do you think happens, Martha, when we die? <laughs> Don't I wish that we had all of the answers to that? <laughs> But we do know, and this this brings me comfort. We do know that the, the body breaks down, as as you mentioned earlier, whether we are, are are buried, whether there's a cremation, the body breaks down into its original components and um and becomes a part of all that's around it. I, I have a little satisfaction and pleasure and peace. My sister died about um, five years ago, and we had her cremated, and we had her. Uh, we scattered her ashes in the the Gulf near here, and it gives me peace as I drive around and I think bits of her, and I, I don't. This doesn't is not morbid to me. It's as though she she's in this. She's been absorbed into my environment, and that brings me peace. Yes, you know when I where I'm sitting opposite my window is a big tree, mm -hmm. and I've told the children. That if I die before them, well, help, I hope I die before them. Right. My ashes should be scattered underneath the tree. Oh. Because then I look at that tree and I think, I'm going to be part of that. Mm -hmm. My atoms mm -hmm. are going to go up in that tree, you know, and from right. there into the atmosphere and into the universe and, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. on. So in a way, our energy changes from what we are to something else. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But... The atoms in our body continue to be part of the universe, of which we are already a part. Right? Sure, sure. We have to become accustomed to the fact that the person's form has changed. We can't see and com converse with them the same way. But that does not mean that they are not present in some way or another. Well, an atom in my body could end up in a newborn. It could end up in another person, you know, through food. I mean, it's just... Mm -hmm. See? It's mm -hmm. the same atoms in the in the universe are just recycling, right? Through mm -hmm. living things and through, you know, all of that. So and of course subatomic particles and quantum physics is coming to the same conclusion that we are just energy. That's all we are. Mm -hmm. uh, in different states, but that's all we are. So that kind of brings me a sense of peace, you know, 
that um that I'm still going to be around, but just not in this form, <laughs> you know, a different form. in sure. a different form. And that's life's going to continue. Okay. So what do you think we can do to overcome our fear of death? What, what, what's. Well, I know what happened for me Go on. and what nice. happened for me, perhaps what happened for me was in one of these moments when I you know, mentioned several people had died around me. And one of them was a very dear friend died the, on one floor in the hospital the very day that I had my um, surgical biopsies done. I'm on one floor, she's on another floor and I wake up and the first thing I find out is Nancy's gone. And so that it just felt like death had been so around. And so one day kind of in, in exasperation, kind of out of just, just unhappiness, I said out loud to myself or anybody, I don't know, but I just said out loud, it just seems like there's death everywhere. Mm. And then it felt like the answer, I don't know, the thought that came to my head was, well, there's eight, that 8 billion people on the planet. They're all going to die. Mm. And that is a lot of death. It is everywhere. And then that's that leaning in piece. So then mm. I leaned instead of, instead of running from that thought, I, and I just leaned naturally, I don't know why, but I just leaned into it. And I thought, all right, so I am going to die. And then I started naming people, people very close to me, people that I had not connected with death. So I'm naming my husband, my husband, Tim is going to die. And then my children, Chris and Nick and Sam, and then my grandchildren, and I'm naming them. And as <clears throat> it sounds scary, and often we don't want to lean into that, but as it did, and I started leaning into and every one of the neighbors on my street is going to die. And every one of my, in my whole subdivision and, and then in, in another town, my, my sister and my, my nieces and my nephews. And as I'm naming names, I just got more peaceful instead of more sad. Mm. It was it, what was happening. And I understand this in the realm of psychology from so many th other parts of our life, acceptance began to came, come into play. And so instead of pushing it away in my mind, acceptance just came in and began to take root and probably two or three months after that another very dear friend died he was only 64 and he dropped dead of a um, cerebral hemorrhage no he was living a fine life that very day and that night he was gone and and I realized then that my perception was different my perception was oh well he was going to die mm -hmm. we never knew when just like we're all going okay so this was the time that his body couldn't go in okay it felt it did not feel as grievous and I'm not going to say I haven't grieved of course I missed <clears throat> but it did not feel as grievous and certainly not panicky yes. it felt sad but not panicky yes I used to work as a surgeon and a spine surgeon so I had I remember this man came in with back pain he was just visiting the town and he got severe mm -hmm. pain up in his middle of his back. And immediately from his story, I knew it was cancer. We got a scan. And suddenly you could see his whole life ending in front of him, you know, because here he was yes. normal, yes. then he's got a diagnosis and he knows he's got, he asked me, how much longer do I have to live? Yes. And I said, life is uncertain for you and for me. Mm -hmm. That's the for only sure. truth of life, that it's uncertain. Nobody knows mm -hmm. when. If we can accept that uncertainty, we can live in peace. 
and you're using and I, the word uncertainty, it's yeah. it's another one of those things we need. To, it's beneficial for us to lean into. Can I be comfortable with unknowing? Can I be comfortable with uncertainty, with not having the answers? Yes. And I think it's that drive that we must have the answers. We must be in control that creates so much trouble for us. So we can start doing things now is what I mean. So we can accept that we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Absolutely. We can accept that we don't know the results of a job interview or how our kids are going to be or what their careers are going to be. We can mm -hmm. let that go. We can embrace mm -hmm. not knowing in small things. And mm -hmm. if we can begin in small things, then we can accept the big things, big questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also we can, because one of the reasons we don't want to die is because we don't want to let go of possessions and all of that, you know. Mm -hmm. So we could practice letting go of our okay. old memories of pain, of our possessions and not being attached to them. You know, if something breaks, fine. It's just a, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter. Right, right. You used the phrase, um, I don't know, we were talking one day lately and you used the phrase every, something like everything is temporary. Yes. And I told you that really spoke to me and a something that I've sort of done, this is this more of this leaning into something that, that piques our interest or that feels a certain way. And I've walked around and I've thought that bookshelf and all those books, temporary it's not going to be here one day my car it's temporary it's not going to be here one day all of my relationships they're temporary i will move on someone will move on we will die they will not be here and that is actually very freeing to allow that to settle in yes yes and i guess the other thing is not to live with regrets so mm. if because that's one of the great regrets of the dying. Oh, I didn't do this or I did that. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't make my peace with this person I hurt 40 right. years ago. So right. do it today. You know? Right. Forgive people. Ask for forgiveness. Whatever it is you need to do. Just do it mm -hmm. now. Don't wait mm -hmm. for tomorrow. If you sure. love people, just reach out and say, I love you. And don't wait on ceremony, right? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. A absolutely. And even if the other person is not um, reciprocal, even if, the, if they are not at a place, at least we can go, go to our deathbed with the understanding of I've done everything I can. Yes. I have, I may wish that someone had done something differently, but I have peace that I've done what I can. And there's a, a wonderful, I, a wonderful, point of being able to lie on that bed peacefully yes i came across this poem once which said something like you're going to come to my funeral come and see me now or something like that you know sure, um, sure. instead of coming then when i won't be able to see you what's the point mm -hmm. of come, come now bring your mm -hmm. flowers now or whatever it is you know so this year i made an effort and i went and saw all my old uncles and aunts around the world mm -hmm as many mm -hmm. of them as I could, just oh, to say, oh, I love you. And, you know, I'm mm -hmm. here and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. rather than just turning up for, you know, they're all in the eighties and nineties. Certainly. But certainly. And sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say similarly, and this gives me great peace. After my sister died, I wrote both of my parents letters, long <laughs> letters where I told them, thank you. I, I see what you did. I under, you worked so hard. You, you were there for me. I said the things that in my mind, I don't want to leave this earth or them to leave this earth without me having said those things. Yes. 
And then I did things with my for my children and I've done left things that fixed things in my home that if I should die suddenly, my husband would have physical reminders in his difficult days, physical reminders that I left love for him. Yeah. And it understand so that helps me. It helps me now to know it is inevitable. And if I can do some of the things now to somehow make it easier for people beyond me and for me to feel at peace in the last days, that's valuable to me. I have a close relation, a relative, uh, who was diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago, Martha, and she at that time had a young son. And, you know, like you, she was given very little to live, very little time, but she's managed through medicine to be around for a long time. But she ended up writing or recording videos that he could play, the son could play on every Mm -hmm. birthday of his, you know, and every important event and and so on. So I think accepting the fact of death allows us to do the practical things we need to do now. You know, mm-hmm. look it's actually, the oh, it's a wonderful gift. Yes, It's yes. a wonderful gift to, to have that understanding so much better than have sh- to have shied away from it all of our life. And then it comes because it's going to, <laughs> it comes and, and the, and then the regrets. Oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd left these things. I wish I'd left letters left videos i wish i had but if we are just if we will point take our let our minds go to the fact that there will be a a time when it comes and what will i want to be like when i get there that does give us a lot to go on yes absolutely and you know death is just prolonged sleep and sleep is peaceful (laughs) you know it's like going to sleep and just not waking up at the other end that's all you know it's quite a peaceful (laughs) thing so for me it's always been a peaceful thing but if I may, I'll share with you a close encounter I had with the possibility of mm-hmm. death and how it shaped my life. So this is about a year ago now. I got some pain on one side of my low back. And being a surgeon, I knew that one of the possibilities there was pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. I'd seen so many people with the same exact symptoms. And I know if you get pancreatic cancer as a surgeon, You've got a year max, you know, and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. And then all the tests and then, you know, the, all that took like a month mm-hmm. to get sorted. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it was all clear. But for that month, mm-hmm. I lived with the fact or the possibility. of right. my And I remember the thing that brought complete peace was I was on a walk one evening watching a sunset and the trees silhouetted against the sky. And I let my mind just go completely quiet. And I felt one with that universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that feeling of oneness makes all the fear just melt away because you are already part of that and you're going to remain a part of that. We're not separate from that. You see what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's that sense of I am separate from the universe. Mm -hmm that brings mm-hmm. in all the fears, et cetera, because entire solar system stars are going to come and go. So you are part of that. You know? Sure. You understand? Sure, You're sure. part of the same stardust that everyone is. Isn't it amazing how those moments become pivotal? Yes. And you didn't ask for the moment. You didn't know it was going to come. But you, I guess what you had to be is you had to be open. Yes. In order for, as you're taking that walk, you had to be open. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm breaking down what made that valuable for you 
but you also you were leaning in you weren't running away yes 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 such a i mean if people have to take one thing away from this discussion it's to lean mm -hmm. in as you said mm -hmm. and not just about dying to lean no. into anything we're feeling yes the yes. answer lies in leaning in underneath that right right exploring right. what come what's underneath okay exactly all right, my next question. What do you think are the common regrets of the dying? I know it's uh, there was an Australian nurse who looked after, worked in a hospice, I think. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book about, um, you might come across that, Dane, about all the, the common regrets of the dying. Yes, I've and read some. Yeah, yeah. Um, so frequently people are people are, they have regrets generally they don't wish they'd worked harder generally they wish they'd spent more time with family or those that they love and generally they wish that they had done some of the things they were afraid of maybe if they were afraid to start a business or afraid to jump out of an airplane or afraid to learn to speak another language and they wish they'd done some of the things they'd been fearful of yes live with less fear in fact yes. that's one of the reasons i set up human wisdom project and left a really good career in spine surgery to do this because around me people started dying and this was something I'd been wanting to do you know it was in mm -hmm. my in mind for a long time and I just thought you just don't know how much time you've got mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. just get on with it and so then I transitioned out of medicine and then this whole journey began you know with the project and the app and what we're doing in the world and this discussion I guess mm -hmm. okay so if we knew our time is limited, right? How, and we accepted the fact of death in our lives, how would we change? How would our lives change if we lived with the absolute certainty of it? Which it is, it's absolutely certain, but we just block it, right? Absolutely. I know for me, it has given me more of a sense of freedom and boldness. And maybe I would say a sense of um, keener interaction and keener presence in what's going on around me. I clearly remember one day walking outside in my backyard <clears throat> and kind of asking myself the question, literally, if how, how what, what does my mind do when um, with the idea that I may be dying? And in that moment, I thought, oh, I want to grasp hold and really pay attention to the blue in that sky and the prettiness of the clouds and this water that's beside me and the green, just things that are normal things, but somehow they felt more vibrant. Yes. So you said three beautiful things, boldness, yeah. presence, mm -hmm. you know, um, freedom. being more, and sorry, and freedom, 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 freedom. Sense of freedom. Yes freedom and to be more present i think in your own life mm -hmm. so often our mind is not present in our own life we're thinking about the future or the past or other people or you know we're talking about politics and we're not present we're eating without being present we're talking without being present mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we're walking without being present Sure, sure, sure. That's been a struggle of mine all my life. I, I will do one thing and my mind is two <clears> steps ahead. It is a ch challenge sometimes to bring it back. But the fact of death helps us with that. See, yes. that's what I mean. Yes. So living with the yes. certainty of death actually enhances our life. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. But without about. fear, with, yes. without fear. 
It's you're not here going, I've got to grab on, I've got to grab on because I'm going to die. It's not that. Yes. It's more of appreciation of the beauty of life. Yes. And I think we would invest more in our relationships. Mm -hmm. Realize how valuable they are. Because as we know, when we're dying, you want your close ones next to you. You don't want to go, you know, saying, I haven't been to Johannesburg or Cape Town. I'm not going to go there. You don't know you. you yeah. know. Right, right, right. You give that up in a nanosecond when you realize the time is coming. I know for me, I've said it would it would be my children, my grandchildren, my parents, my sister, and my husband. Bring them in. Yes. I want to hug them and, and tell them how, how very valuable they are. And I want you to leave with a sense of this person had great love for me. And they, this person sees something wonderful in me. Maybe I have something wonderful in me. Yes. And I think we would accumulate less. Less yeah. memories because, you know, memories crowd out the present. Sure. You know, some people like to accumulate memories. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. But it just can crowd out the present. You know, you're living always in the past. Oh, this happened. That happened. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. Hey, your life is now. It's not, you know, in the yeah. future or in the past. It's it's absolutely right now. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'd say more sorry more often if we knew? Uh, oh, I, I absolutely, absolutely. When we settle in that we literally are going to die, and we, even if you've had a diagnosis of cancer, that doesn't mean that we're going to die of cancer in a few years. It could mean we get hit by a bus this afternoon. So yeah. it does, and um, and keeping our accounts short does give it can give us some peace. Of I'm right in my world. Things are right. You in said, my world. didn't you, that uh, once you were diagnosed with cancer and <clears throat> the diagnosis was given. You stopped, you lost interest in buying things. I did. I did. And it was a sweet, um, it was a sweet ad. So yes, we don't want to accumulate things, but I think to beginning, the beginning, that was the point of, well, people are just, go I'm going to die. People are just going to go through my stuff. I don't need to have more stuff. It actually became a point of feeling more alive when I realized, well, maybe I'm going to die, but I want that dress. I will wear that dress. So I will buy the dress and wear the dress and have joy in, in, in living and not um, not not living because I think I'm dying. So when this diagnosis came to me, or you know this possibility, I reached out to a few people and just said sorry. Did you? Yeah, I just said you know this this happened. I know this was you know you felt hurt by that. I am mm -hmm. sorry, and I really meant it too. You know. Of course. You know, of course, and, you did uh, not want to go to your grave with that hanging over you. And it's amazing how healing that was for the other person. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I wish we could do that every day, like more often. You know what I mean? And everybody mm -hmm. did that every day. So many hearts would be healed. Yes. Otherwise, people carry the pain of that. <clears throat> okay. Perhaps you think we'd be more authentic. We'd speak our heart. If we only had like a week to go. I'd, Absolutely. You know, we sure wouldn't care so much what people who are not in our inner circle, we wouldn't care very much what they think about us at yes. that point. Yes. I don't care. Oh, don't <laughs> like everyone. Yes. But oh. rather than just pretending, you just say, look, this is how I'm really feeling. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we um, talk about. Yeah. Um, so overall, I think we would be more in peace with ourselves and others, right? And I just had a thought, Vanage, as well. Maybe some of those things 
that seemed so important that we felt like people had to know about us in the past, maybe some of those things fade away and don't seem as important anymore and just don't need to be even dealt with. They just, just melt. You know, for me, the thing that tremendous freedom that's come from accepting my own mortality is I've lost completely the need to be important. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? To be well-known, famous, important, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. completely evaporated. And you can't imagine what a load gets lifted. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everybody's striving, you know, for Mm -hmm. social media likes and this and, you know, and to be Mm well-known and famous. Mm -hmm. The amount of energy that gets lost in that. In that. Stops you from and but it, but it can say, change your focus. It can change your focus to the point that you may want to be put like as far as social media. I may in my business, I may be now I want more to put out information that can be helpful to people, <clears throat> whether or not it's going to get likes or it's going to get shared. Just I'll put it out there because in 62 years, I've learned a few things. And if it can, if I can say something and somebody else's struggle is going to be better because of something I've shared then that is valuable to me. That is that is the thing to lay on my deathbed and be grateful that somehow, some way, I made that life better for some for people around me. That's yeah. a big deal to me. Actually, that's exactly what's happening here with human wisdom because people. I, the other day, somebody said, "Why are you doing these events and talking about death? Who? It's got, there's no business sense in that." I said, "No, of course there isn't." <laughs> But that's not why you do things, right? Because you do things right. out of compassion and, you know, because it's right. going to make a difference in the world, you know? And it might and so, heal a heart somewhere, you know? Yes. I noticed that when I shared the information about this particular event, I'm in a group where all of the people, we we uh, comment <clears throat> on each other's to, to try to help each other build, um, build visibility. And um, I noticed this particular post did not have many comments and I kind of can't help but believe it's that large number of people who go death I'll just scroll on past (laughs) (laughs) they don't know what they're missing you see well right they have no idea how beautiful it is and so would you say Minaj would you say that that close call that force to have to question is this in my pancreas? Am I going to die? Yes. Would you say that that force was actually a blessing because it forced? I mean, it forced you into um, addressing this idea of death. Yes, of course. Yes. So what I'm saying is, you don't need dramas like that to do this. You can do that. No. You know, I remember going to talking to some teenagers. Went to talk uh, in a school. They were 18, and I said, "What are you afraid of?" And you won't believe it. About half of them, their biggest fear wasn't exams or the future. It was death. That does surprise me. You see? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people carry the fear of this in their life. And that really inhibits. You know, it's like a cloud you over your life. But it's a cloud that we don't know is there. That's I think that's the insidious piece. We Uh, don't realize it's there. And so since we don't realize it's there, we're not standing up to it. Yeah. It's sneaky that way. <laughs> That's a beautiful thought. Uh, let me just sh- repeat that. So we are not aware that our life is under a cloud. Mm-hmm. And in that cloud are our fears and, you know, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, so maybe that brings us to our final question, which is 
how can we be more fully alive? That's more important, right? Because this question of talking about death and dying really leads us to how can we be more fully alive? Well, it's interesting that question too, because in my journey that began in 2016, at some point in time, I realized I could consider my um, process with cancer and my my uh, treatment process was intense. It was the most chemo they could give me for five or six months. It was radical, I mean, modified radical mastectomy. Um, no chance of reconstruction because they needed to get all the skin that they could since inflammatory can live in the skin. And, um, and then the <clears throat> highest dose of radiation they could give me. So they, I mean, it was a punch. At lots of fighting and I would see lots of people talking about being a warrior and fighting cancer and fighting death and I would think think it doesn't feel something about that felt disingenuous and I realized I don't want to fight death if I fight death then the focus is death yeah. I would I would rather put my focus on life and grab hold of it and as much as possible and then no matter how much time I have whether it's six months two years 40 more years, no matter how much time it is, then I've lived fully. But if, if it is just a short period of time, that if, if it's six months, then I will have lived that six months. Yes. I won't have I won't have died now because of fear of death. Yes. And and so in so what shifted in me was I will not fight death. I will embrace life. I will embrace it so fully. And A, I've enjoyed my life better than it's been a full life. And B, I kind of think that helps forestall death a little bit because we're, our immune systems are stronger. Yes. We're, we're more in, engaged. The engagement in life does make our bodies healthier. And who knows how much that helps us then to fight things like cancer. Yes, yes of course, fear is damaging our immune system, as we know. Yes. Irrational fear does that to us, you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I love what you said. And, you know, the thing about when you went out and you <laughs> saw the blue and you said, I want a bit of that blue. And remember that. So, yes. you know, for me, it's about seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary. Mm -hmm. So when you wake up, as you say, to your own life mm -hmm. and you understand what's <clears throat> happening in your thinking, I mean, that's what the whole human wisdom journey is about. Mm -hmm. You wake up, you're more fully alive mm -hmm. and you see the extraordinary in a person, you're much more positive. When you look at people, you forgive, you forget. You know, mm -hmm. small things don't bother you. Big things don't bother you. If you've you know, accepted the possibility of death, what more can bother you? Do you know what I mean? Well, for sure, exactly. You know? Exactly. You don't hang on to things if you no. know it's all going to go away anyway. I can let go. Yeah. And also, if death is an ending, and if we can find a way of meeting change peacefully, in our life, mm -hmm. whatever change is happening, mm -hmm. then we can meet that final change, mm -hmm. you know, which is with peace too, right? Sure. Okay, Thank so you. I'm going to pause there and just um, take a moment to show you around the Human Wisdom app and the, especially the, con con the <coughs> content we have linked to what we've been discussing. And then we're going to open it up for a discussion and... Um, Okay, so this is the Human Wisdom app. It's on the Apple and Google store. It's also at humanwisdom.me. This is the first page you come to. There's an introduction here, and then all the topics that you may be interested in. On the main dashboard, 
um, there is a uh, entire section on dealing with death. Um, it's in the living with wisdom section and uh, it's here. And all the things we've talked about are here. Uh, there are also some nice uh, stories related to um, death and dying. And living with <coughs> an awareness of death helps us to celebrate life. I think that's the key message here. So the app is free to download and browse, and I'm going to let everyone um, do that on their own. On their own. And I think the fear, Martha, comes from not leaning in, not accepting. A hundred percent. I believe that's the case. And and we are conditioned. It makes sense. We're conditioned to stay away from things that our brain perceives as threatening. Yes. But everything. I don't touch a hot stove because my brain learned that's a real bad idea. Stay away from it. Yes. And and so we just have this natural bent to pull away from things that are uncomfortable. You remember Al uh, Yalom? I think he's still alive, but the psychiatrist, and he's written lots of books, and I cannot remember his first name. But one of the things he talked about dealing with a client who was a, a husband whose wife had died, and the man just was so stuck in his grief, just solidly stuck in his grief. And what Yalom proposed to him was, so if you had died first, your wife would be in this position of feeling what you're feeling now. Would you want her to be experiencing that? And of course he said, no, I would not want my wife to be having this horrible pain. Mm. I think the leaning in piece is valuable in just about everything we face. Mm. And just about every difficulty that we face. We need to, if it's beneficial to lean in and ask ourselves, go be introspective and ask ourselves, what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? Why is this what I'm feeling? And what are the beliefs that are pushing it? In order for me to believe, feel this way, I have to have a certain belief that's pushing it. What are the beliefs? And there's great, great value in that. You know, I was just had a thought when Martha, using Martha's expression of leaning in. Leaning mm. in is one step beyond accepting, I think. Mm -hmm. mm. You see, leaning in means you actively walk towards something. <laughs> So you so I think walk of, towards exploring the yes. fact of death, not just saying, oh, it's I'm afraid I'll accept it. You try to make your peace. No, no, I'm curious. I'm going to find out. I'm going to actually lean into that process. Mm -hmm. right? You're using the word. It's a process where yeah. acceptance, well, acceptance is a process as well, but it seems like acceptance happens all up here. Leaning in becomes not just a, not just passively happening, but we are busy. We are busy working. But it's been such an illuminating and wonderful discussion. As you say, Martha, you may know all this, but to be remind to remind yourself of all this mm -hmm. makes it really alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, it touches your life, you know, in a really positive way. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you, Martha, John, Dane. Uh, for a wonderful discussion and I look forward to seeing you all again. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please download the Human Wisdom app or visit humanwisdom.me. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.